1956 to 1992, the start and the completion of the interstate highway system here in the United States. Changed a lot of things. It was a huge, huge investment at the time. It was over $100 billion, which now would be about uh, $500 billion to complete. And of course, that's just to build it. It doesn't uh, figure into maintenance, which is just a, a boondoggle of of, uh, of expenditure that, that I don't think we expected to come across in this country. Um, it's a really, really kind of an interesting thing that happened because when you all of a sudden connected uh, places all over the country by car quickly and efficiently, it changed not only regional public transportation, but also local public transportation. We're going to talk about why at the end uh, of this commercial break. We'll be right back. Okay, we're back, everybody. I, the reason I was kind of thinking about this topic for today is, so when I travel to cities across New York State, that's how the Urban Phoenix began. I went to small and large cities, uh, small and medium-sized cities across upstate New York uh, by train. And uh, from Rochester, I can go to cities like Syracuse, uh, Utica, Rome, uh, Schenectady, uh, Troy, uh, Albany, Hudson. I, I've, I've been all over Buffalo. Uh, you know, I've been all over upstate New York, um, you know, and I usually like to do it by train because I like the feel. It almost feels like an adventure. If you have your car close by, you can kind of get to anywhere you want to go. But if you really want to explore a city, you need to be forced almost to be on foot. And I, you know, a lot of people say, well, that limits you. That limits your ability to go beyond the downtown, the, the, the downtown area. And my thing is, well, that's a good thing. I want to show people what's accessible in an area if you don't have to use your car. That's the whole point of urbanism, right? That's a that's a huge, huge central tenant of urbanism. I want to explore, um, you know, the parts of the cities, uh, these cities that I can leave my transportation behind and walk around and 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 feel the energy of the street and and uh, you know walk by and walk into the local businesses and things like that that's what's important it doesn't limit me uh, it shows the limits of cities and 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 how they move people around uh, in most of these smaller cities, public transportation is really nowhere near as robust as it needs to be to be able to get people uh, from the urban core outside of it and vice versa so I enjoy doing this by train. Um, and it really made me think about how people used to travel, right? Before the interstate highway system, it was inconvenient to drive through small towns. Uh, it was a very slow trip to go from city to city, right? Because you had to, if, if you're in upstate New York and you've driven uh, kind of across the state uh, via uh, Route 5 and 20, uh, that's, that's one in my kind of greater Rochester area that I know very well, Um because, you know, you can go, you know, you can drive along 5 and 20 and, and see some really, really awesome little towns. You can experience some great, great communities. And it's awesome. But, you know, inevitably, you're stuck behind, uh, uh, you know, a piece of farm equipment for a mile or something like that that you can't get around. Uh, it's a two-lane road for most of it. Um, and, you know, um, there's, there's you're going through towns. You're going through 30-mile-an-hour stretches. You're going through stoplights. You're going through... 
you know, a lot of things that kind of slow your progress, where as this hopping on the throughway uh, really just guns you down. I mean, you're going, you know, 75 miles an hour the whole way. It's, it makes it smoother and much quicker and much more efficient to get across the state if you're just looking to get from point A to point B. The beautiful thing about 5 and 20 is you can actually pop, pass by um, you know, a lot of these small towns, stop off, see what they have to offer, maybe grab a bite to eat, pop in a shop or something like that. <clears throat> the throughway doesn't really give you that experience except for occasional exits where you're going to pop into a Burger King or, or a gas station. Okay, So... When the highway system was built, you know, that kind of – that was kind of a difficult thing for these small towns uh, along along uh, common thoroughfares, uh, these slower routes like 5 and 20, for example, routes 5 and routes 20. And, and, and it really, uh, in a lot of ways, was, was the death of a lot of these, these smaller towns if they didn't have an exit near, um, near, near where they were. You couldn't just stumble on one of these towns and stop in. So that really – you know, hit while it you know, it did good things for some areas. It 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 really did some some awful things for others. But when you think about it, uh, you know, getting back to my experience on the train, people used to maybe drive their cars around their their greater urban area, their greater Rochester area, greater Syracuse area, and then if they needed to take a trip across the state, they might take a train. Okay, that's you know. That's that, that's how people traveled. So when you when you took a train, there there was an expectation that you were going to need a connecting form of transportation on the other end. This is back in the day. This is back you know before the highway system. The idea is if you needed to travel travel a long distance, the train was probably the most efficient and effective way to do it. You didn't have to cut, you know, meander through these small towns and things like that. You didn't have the uh, the interstate system to 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 bullet you across the across your state or across your region. You took a train, <clears throat> and that that's just that's what was available. That's how you did it. So when you take a train, you get off a train, and and maybe you get off at at, at a station downtown. Let's say I wanted to travel to Albany, for example. And to be honest, I'm not familiar with <clears throat> what Albany's uh, uh, what Albany looked like in let's say 1930 or 40. Um, but uh, let's say I wanted to travel from Rochester to Albany. Well, I'm probably not going to drive. I'm probably going to take the train. I'm going to take the New York Central Railroad. Uh, across the state, four four tracks. I I don't know if they had four tracks by then, uh, but it was it was you know there was just a tremendous amount of freight and passenger rail moving across the state. So I would I would hop on a uh, New York Central passenger train and go to Albany. Once in Albany, I get to Albany and there's you know there's public transportation coming from the train station because there's there's no um, there's no expectation that I'm going to have a car once I get there. So the whole idea is, you know, you, you had you had several means of of transport of, of modes of transportation to get people that were arriving by train to where they needed to go. This is before Uber. Maybe you had some sort of cab service. I, I'm I'm not entirely sure. Maybe you had some uh, you know, but you more more than likely you had mass transportation taking you uh, where you needed to go from the train station. What I find is this is not real prevalent uh, in in most small cities. Most people don't get off the train and hop on a bus. 
Most people get off the train and now and they take a cab, they take an Uber, or they have someone pick them up. Well, that wasn't the case back in the day. Because if you if you needed to go somewhere, if you wanted to go somewhere, there was no there was no expectation that you were going to have a car. There was an expectation that you were going to take the train. So there's just more emphasis and priority on having uh, functional public transit waiting for you once the train arrived. Much like a a fleet of cabs or Ubers might line up, um, you know, when a train arrives at your Amtrak station right now, <clears throat> before a train arrives. The interesting thing that the highway system did is not only uh, remove not the necessity for that rail system, because now you could take your transportation with you. Now you could drive across the state, and and then and then the, the interesting thing is. It not only made that experience more efficient, it made what happened after that. Once you got to your destination, you still had transportation. So the key was to build cities now such that there's even more car access for not just people that live there, but for people who were visiting there, for people who were commuting there. So now you had to build even wider roads and more parking and more automobile accommodation within the city itself because you no longer had people traveling by train or by bus. You no longer had uh, so much regional travel by, uh, by means of public transportation. The people that were coming in now had their own transportation with them. They had their own cars. So not only did you have to build a city for the people that lived there, you had to build a city to accommodate the people who were visiting. You had to accommodate, uh, instead of having public transportation waiting at the train station as a a necessary piece uh, to, to connect people from regional public transportation to local public transportation to get to their destination, now you had to build roads roads that were adequate enough to handle this extra traffic coming down the the New York State Thruway, for example. So the New York State Thruway, I think we think that that was the thing that put the, that put the you know, was, was the end of, of regional uh, public transportation, but it also meant the end of public transportation locally. Right, Because if, if you're driving from one city to another and all of a sudden you have your car there where you didn't used to, well, you know, there's less need there. There's less need for that public transportation to exist. Public transportation, was a, that, was a, that was a big piece of it. When you, when you arrived at a city, something had to be there to take you to where you needed to go. Now, that's, you know, that that wasn't so much the case once the interstate system was built. Because not only, again, not only did it shoot people across a state or across several states uh, quickly and easily, but now you have your transportation with you once you get to your destination. So the highway system changed everything. It changed everything in transportation. Because it meant you could keep your car. It meant your car was with you at all times. Your car was no longer just a local option. You could now take your car with you on these long trips. Didn't have to worry about public transportation. People liked that. They still like that. 
it's it's really really amazing how the 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 the, the interstate highway system completely transformed um, the way we live, the way we move about, the way our cities are constructed and are built. We had to overbuild for the automobile because in part of the highway system. It's, it's a really, really interesting concept because I think we associate the death of regional rail uh, the demise of re- regional rail uh, to to the highway system, but I don't think we give enough credit to um, the interstate system's impact on local uh, region. Uh, or, I'm sorry, local transportation, local public transportation. We don't we don't have enough respect for the impact that it had on that because now when people traveled, they didn't le- need that last couple of miles of connectivity. They had it because they had their car. And all cities had to worry about from there on is just make the roads wider to accommodate all those people who are driving and parking through their city now where buses and trains used to go. Interesting thought. Love to hear your response to this. The interesting topic, you know, the, the ways in which our cities are, are transformed are sometimes really fascinating and and I think when we look at one catalyst we can see you know in so many ways uh, the domino effect that it has and boy wouldn't our cities love to have some of that public transportation back but the fact is even during and after the construction of the highway system um, automakers uh, oil companies rubber companies who made tires systematically bought up local transit systems and then basically destroyed them. There are graveyards, mass graveyards of trolleys, of, of light rail um, vehicles that were just completely scrapped, replaced by buses and replaced by fewer buses and replaced by fewer buses because the highway system opened the floodgates for the automobile across this country, both regionally and locally. And now we needed public transportation less and less and less regionally and locally. But of course, this is only for the people who had the privilege of buying an automobile or currently have the privilege of buying an automobile. And that's how we minimize choice in this country of how we move about it. Whether we go across the block or whether we go across the country. The automobile has changed all that. We talk about a country about choice and freedom. Well, we don't really have choice and freedom. If you don't have a car, you can't navigate this country. That's the truth in most areas. Or at least it's very, very hard. Thanks for listening, everybody. Take care. Be safe out there. We'll talk to you soon.